What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Leonard Kim, brand strategist and managing partner at Influence Tree, a firm dedicated to helping others build their personal brands. Leonard has also been a contributor to and featured in some of the top publications today, including Fortune, Inc., Entrepreneur Magazine, The Huffington Post, GQ, Forbes, Business Insider, and way too many to list. I could pretty much spend the entire hour listing all the publications that Leonard has been featured. He has written on everything from business development to startups to social media strategy and also has shared his own personal journey at his blog on leonardkim.com and on Quora. Leonard has a following of over 90,000 on Twitter and his content has been read by over 11 million readers. How phenomenal is that? Welcome, Leonard. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, John? Oh, I'm doing great, and it's wonderful to have you on the show. I'm really excited, Leonard. You've got a really interesting story, and you've done so much. So rather than have me tell your story, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about yourself with our listeners and your career journey. Sure. Well, let's see. About three years ago, I was sitting at an office working at a Fortune 100 company going, Wow, I haven't been promoted here for the last two years. I've, mm. I've outperformed my entire department month after month after month. My numbers are twice as high as everyone else's. Is this company racist or do they just not like me? <laughs> Am I not a cultural fit? Like I couldn't really figure out what yeah. was going on. But I was just in that situation where I was like, hmm. I've done everything that I thought I need to do to move up, like, you know, put my head down, go hard to work, and just really drive results, because isn't that what companies want, results? Well, you would think so, right? But uh, if, if if it makes you feel any better, I was working for a Fortune 500 company with some of the most talented people, and they were just getting laid off left and right. I mean, they went through this reorg where, I mean, some of the most talented, creative individuals I've ever worked with were just being shown the door. So I hear you. Yeah, I was in that exact same situation. I mean, I wasn't getting laid off, but I was just not getting promoted from my prior position. Yeah. And I was making like nothing. Like I think my tax returns I was like making like thirty thousand, thirty one thousand a year. Yeah. I was just sitting there going, I can barely survive. I can't even afford to drive to work. I have to take this bus thing and spend like two hours doing that. And it was just a really complex situation. Then I'd be at work and I'd be like miserable all day because I'm like, How do I get out of this rat race? And before being in that situation, I was working on a few startups trying to capture that American dream and live large. But I mean, I really wasn't in a position to really start doing that at those phases of my life because um, I came from a background in sales. Back in like 2005, I used to work at a car dealership working with Toyota and then another one. And I was making like 50, 100 grand a year doing that. <clears throat> but I went off to go off and do my own thing. So like in 2007, I tried making my own business, but the only experience I have was sales. I knew nothing about legal stuff, knew nothing about management or anything like that. So that ultimately crumbled apart. Um, later, I moved into doing more sales with real estate and um, working at an investment fund. But uh, remember 2008 when the economy crashed? Yeah. How could anyone forget? 
Yeah, it was brutal. Like in real estate, I got like 25 documents signed all ready to go. 25 houses, all $300,000 each ready to be sold. Everything was signed. Everything was good to go. Then all of a sudden, like, lending guidelines changed overnight. And I'm like, wow, that $50,000 a month just turned into zero. Got to look for a new career. So I moved from there into moving uh, an investment fund. And right after that, that's when AIG and everyone else went under. And we were just like, oh, I guess we got to look for a new career again. So I started working with a startup, then another startup. I mean, they did okay for as long as they lasted. But the problem with them was, I mean, the economy was tough. These companies were underfunding. Investors weren't putting up money at that time. So it got to the point where I basically didn't pay my electric city bill for about six months. Mm. Uh, they shut up. They shut off the lights, so I had to shower in the dark, get my cell phone, and drag it into the hallway with the charger in the lobby just to charge up my phone, uh, drag my microwave out there so I could microwave the burrito from I got from Seven Eleven. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, I just lost my place just because I didn't pay any of my bills or anything. And I, I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, guess what? I'm gonna have to live under a bridge or something thanks for raising me (laughs) and she called my she called my grandma my grandma was like um you're gonna come and live with me so i went and lived with her for a while the first month there i was just like laying around sad depressed because you know when you're broke and everything crumbles apart you don't really want to do anything and I was just like playing video games and watching TV and sleeping a lot. And then like she's like, you have to go find a job. And I'm like, I don't want to find a job. But then um, you have an Asian grandmother, right? They both passed away. But yes, I did growing up. When they yell, they're scary, right? <laughs> they can be, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there going, okay, I don't know. What's worse, getting a job or getting yelled at by grandma? Yeah. And no matter what I played in my head getting yelled at grandma was always worse so i went to go work at the startup and i think i worked there for like nine months and they only paid me a total of like twenty one hundred dollars which is um nothing yeah. for like i don't know six or nine months that's like what 300 bucks a month or something yeah <laughs> and I, the only reason i stayed there for so long is because that underlying thought of grandma yelling at me was just there and i'm like I don't want her to yell at me and tell me to go find another job. So I just stayed there and stuck it through until the company just ran out of money and couldn't do anything anymore. Wow. Oh and so, so Leonard, really, it was the motivation was you didn't want to be yelled at by your grandmother. I mean, that's just like, I mean, I mean seriously, I've interviewed a lot of people and, you know, people who've hit sort of that, uh, that low point. And I, I think that is one of the most authentic, honest answers I've ever heard. <laughs> It's scary. I don't know if you know how scary it is. Yeah, it's just I mean, really scary. My grandmothers were not big yellers, but I, I understand that kind of pressure, especially, you know, growing up in an Asian family. I mean, there's always mm-hmm. the, the expectation. I mean, are, are you first generation? Um, I don't know how to define that. My grandma and my mom moved here at the same time. Ah, okay. And I was born here. Yeah, yeah. So you were born here and... Yeah, I mean, there's always the the expectation of uh, you know the the first child who's born in the states to to really do well, to get a good job, you know, work hard in school, get the degrees, and then get a good job. And I know I know the feeling, the pressure of you know, oh my gosh, am I letting am I letting my family down? Am I letting the people who raised me down? So it's it's a lot to deal with. 
my whole life I let everyone down. Like when I was uh, in 2005, 2006, when I was actually making good money, my grandma would be like, why aren't you more like your cousin? He's in oh school and working hard. <laughs> I'm like, I make all this money. Why am I <laughs> being put down? Yeah. And it never really made sense. But I, I realized that I can never satisfy grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that eased up a lot of the tension and the pain from all the pressure that she put on me my yeah. entire life. But um, after all that happened with that startup when they ran out of money, I realized that um, I couldn't live with my grandma forever. That wouldn't be really good. It'd be really hard to maybe get a girlfriend, um, invite people over, go anywhere. It'd be pretty embarrassing, so I thought that I needed to move back to L.A. So I borrowed like three or $400 from one of my friends, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to move back to L.A. So I went to go live on my friend's sofa for a while and paid like $100 a month rent. Two months while I was up there, I found that job at the entry-level position at the Fortune 100 company I was talking about. I worked hard for two years with that dream of changing my life, of moving up there to one day becoming a director of the company. But after two years of doing that, I just realized I wasn't getting anywhere. Nothing was happening. And mm. there was, like, no hope for the future. And I sent out, like, hundreds and hundreds of resumes internally and externally trying to look for a new opportunity. But, I mean, no one was interviewing me. No one was willing to hire me. I think I got, like, maybe two or three interviews out of the hundreds of it, resumes I put out. <clears throat> so... I realized that if I didn't do anything, I would be in that exact same position for the rest of my life. Luckily, while I was there for the first year, um, I think about like four or five months in, I broke my ankle and I had about three months of time where I couldn't go out, see friends or do anything really. And I had a lot of time to really think. And within that time I had to think I reflected back on all the bad decisions I made in my life like why did I do this why did I do that why can't I blah 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 yeah. and why did I fail over and over and over again and I was like oh I started to piece together my life and have flashbacks and memories and I was like I found what the underlying cause of all those problems were like back when I was 16 maybe 15 or 14, like my grandfather got Alzheimer's and by the time I was 16, he passed away. Mm. But during that time, like he forgot who I was. And like when I tried to talk to him, he wouldn't remember me. And I never went to a therapist or anything. So the best way for me to handle that was I kind of forgot about him too. Yeah. And then I didn't really have any guidance or anything that I was doing, so I, I just went off and made all these bad decisions, hung out with the wrong people, started to be selfish, started to think about myself, getting rich, and all these different things that, I mean, most people shouldn't really be thinking about. But during that time of reflection, I really thought back on it. I was like, you know, my grandfather, he went through two wars. He was working at a steel manufacturer. He was retired. He always smiled everywhere he went. He would always do hard labor and like have all these different hobbies. And he'd volunteer at the school cafeteria. And the interesting thing was all the people who was around him, they all loved him. Like whenever he talked to anyone, their eyes would sparkle. He would like listen and give everyone their full attention and just be there for every single person he could be. He didn't really live for himself. He lived for everyone else. And when I made that realization, I'm like, I don't live like this. I'm not living like him. I'm like a disappointment. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? And I really thought about it. And I was like, 
maybe I should start living like how he did. And I made minor changes in my everyday life. And one of the main things that I did is I ran across an article by uh, James Altucher. Yeah. It was, how does it feel to lose a lot of money quickly? When I read that, it just resonated with me because this guy, he failed a lot more than I did. Hmm. And he succeeded a lot more than I did. And he recovered a lot more, a lot better than I did because I wasn't at the point of recovery. I was working at this entry-level position. Right. And that kind of inspired me. I was like, how did this guy just completely flip his life around? So I spent about a month from April 2013 to May 2013 just reading all of his content going, wow, this is really great stuff. And if you've read his content, he has a call to action in almost every single PC, right? That says, go out there and try something, go out there and try something, go out there and try something. So I started, I tried something. I wrote a piece on Quora and I put it up there and for a month I didn't write anymore. Then a girl came across one of my posts and promoted it to like a thousand people. And I guess that just inspired me because after she did that, I started writing more and more and more. Then from May 2013 to December 2013, I had 2 million views on my content. By May the following year, I had 5. Then by uh, December the following year, I had um, 10. So I had like 10 million views on my content in like a year and a half. And I went from like... I think I had like 20,000 social media followers back then, and now I have maybe like, I don't know, 100, 200,000, something ridiculous. And my content started getting picked up into like Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur, and all these different publications. And in that process, I mean, it was kind of interesting because I kept that mentality of the person who was working at the Fortune 100 company in the entry-level position. Right. And on that journey over... Like, when people were like, oh, you're such an inspiration, you did this, you did that, I'd just be looking at myself going, "Um, I'm not sure if they're talking to the same person I know, because I come into this office every single day to make my $16.24 an hour. I'm an inspiration. I'm not sure if that connects. Yeah. Well, Leonard, what were the types of things that you were writing about for, for our listeners? Well, the main things that really drove the uh, audience and the views were a lot of my personal stories. Like, you know, Batman, Superman, and all these different superheroes out there. Every superhero has a backstory to them, and that backstory is what really defines them into the characters that they are. Like Batman, his parents died. He witnessed that murder. So that inspired him and gave him the inspiration he needed to go out there to go and fight crime. Same thing with Spider-Man and all these other characters have these like touching moments in their stories and the stories behind their powers are what define them. It's not the powers that define them, it's the stories behind them. And I recognize that. Was it Um, hard for you to to share what you had gone through and all of the different setbacks that you had in your life? It was really scary. Like, I mean, when I sat there and I wrote the article, I was fine. But then when I went to go push that publish button, I was sitting there for about 20, 30 minutes shaking going, do I really want the whole world to see this? They're going to think about me as a failure. They're going to think about me as a loser. I don't know if I can really do this. I felt the same way right before uh, we launched the podcast. I was like, it must have been maybe like 40 minutes. I'm sitting there (laughs) deciding whether or not I want to hit that button and actually just spread this out on the interweb. So I, I, I know exactly how how you feel but i mean what was it leonard that ultimately convinced you i'm gonna hit that 
you know, submit button, other than the fact that you had spent all this time writing it. I mean, you're really, you're really just sharing a very, very personal, vulnerable part of yourself. I just felt that I really needed to get that message out in the world because of how others could learn from it. Like, yeah. there's this guy named Matt Morrow that I know. Like, he used to always say that no one is absolutely useless in the world. You could always mm. serve as a bad. You could always serve as a bad example. And the first time I heard that, I laughed. The second time I heard it, I'm like, you know what? That's true. Yeah. The third time I heard it, I'm like, okay, I need to shape my life around that. A lot of people, they don't know what bad decisions to not make because there's no bad examples for them to stay away from. Right. Like, don't go try this. Don't go try that because I did it and this is what happened. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I just be that bad example so everyone else can know what not to do in their life? Yeah, and I think I think that's such an important takeaway for moving forward listeners is that so many people want to do something, they want to share a part of themselves, but I mean, there's a lot of hesitancy, something that holds them back, and I think your story really illustrates the power of just being completely yourself and not sugarcoating it. I mean, you said it right here, a lot of what motivated you to get off the couch was your grandmother's yelling at you. I mean, that's a that's a pretty raw moment to share and then and then to share everything you had gone through and to, to share it with, you know, so many people and not know, I mean, did you have any conception that when you hit that publish button that it would get picked up and read by so many individuals? No way. I thought maybe like a hundred people would look at it, maybe 50, maybe three, yeah. maybe the three people I sent it to. <laughs> right. But right. I had no idea it would compound into what it is today. Yeah. Like that was like, like in January when I had 2 million views already for, in January 2014, I was like thinking back. I'm like if you told me that I, you would start writing six months ago and you would have 2 million views on your content, I'd just like laugh at you because I'd be like there's no possible way this many people are interested in what I have to say. Yeah, yeah. But it just happened. Absolutely. And well, now, Leonard, let's flash forward to today. I mean, you've done so much. You've shared so much great content, which has reached really just millions of people. As you mentioned, you have so many followers and people who who are just really just soaking in everything that you're sharing. You've written a book, uh, The Etiquette of Social Media. You're a managing partner at Influence Tree. Tell us now, today, how do you get inspired each morning? Well, one thing that I've been doing since reading James Altucher's content, one piece of uh, one thing that he wrote that really stuck with me mm. is to think of at least like five things you're grateful for every morning. Yeah. Like when I first started doing that, I'm like, this is so stupid. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Like, oh, wow, this air, I'm breathing it. I'm thankful for that. Oh, I'm thankful for my friend John. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. And like after a while, like I started. I mean, I had to take it seriously because, I mean, I was in a position of what do I have to lose? If I don't do this, what's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, what practice did you use? And I think this is really helpful for moving forward listeners. So starting each day, you know, naming five things that you're grateful for. Did you write them down? Did you say them out loud as a mantra? What was sort of your method or what is your method for, for doing that? Well, at that time, like I couldn't afford to drive to work because um, my car got like 50 miles per gallon and gas was like $4 a gallon at the time. So I took public transportation. And the good thing about public transportation is you could actually like close your eyes. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's like somewhat like a meditation where I close my eyes and I'd be like, I'm so thankful for this. I'm so thankful for that. And I name like five things while closing my eyes and just thinking about it and visualizing it. Yeah. 
No, I think that's really good. And, and, is that something that you continue to do today? I mean, what is, uh, have you evolved that process at all? I do it today. I haven't evolved it. I don't know what else to really think of. Uh, yeah. It's pretty hard to think of five things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think, especially when you're, when you're doing it for the first time, it can be a little bit of a stretch. And yeah, I know it, it's that. And for moving forward listeners, it's a great exercise. The first time you do it, you may feel a little uncomfortable. You may even feel a little silly and, and you may do it a little cheeky, but the more you do it, the more you stick to it. I think it becomes a great muscle to build and develop. It is. Like, I, don't, I think if I didn't do that, like, I wouldn't have the compounding results I did have because yeah. it, doing that like, changed my look on life. It changed my philosophy. It changed how happy I was every single day when I woke up. Like, some days, like back then, I remember I used to be pretty angry, pretty depressed, mm. pretty like, oh, I hate my job, this and that. But in thinking about that, like kind of set my days off in a positive way so they continued to be positive afterwards. Yeah. So most of the time, like 95% of the time, the happiness would stay all the way throughout unless like something insane happened. Like, I don't know. Something insane happened. Yeah. Well, Leonard, I mean, the next question I usually ask our guests, but I think your story really kind of encapsulated this. I mean, you know, I usually ask about, you know, entrepreneurial or career setbacks and failures in, in a time when it's it's the right time to pivot or shift. But it sounds like you've really shared a lot of that. So I wanted to ask you, in addition to the content that you've shared and the sheer response to it, what are some of the things that you you've changed in yourself in the way that you look at life today compared to when you were at the lowest of the low? I think back then I was pretty stubborn, obnoxious, maybe a little bit cocky and arrogant, like sure of myself when I shouldn't have been sure of myself. And uh, one of the other key things I had uh, in the process of evolving was a sense of self-doubt where I didn't believe I really mm. earned everything that I did. In regards to the cockiness, like one thing is when you write, you really get in tune with yourself. You really see yourself for who you are. Yeah. So a lot of that cockiness started to go away. Mm. And um, in regards to the arrogance and the cockiness that started to go away then when I moved into thinking about it kind of flipped to the other side where I was like I don't deserve all of this because I kind of um, fell into that imposter syndrome phase where I was like this is happening but I still work at this job making nothing so I resemble my character and my personality to my income over here as opposed to these digital successes over here And I couldn't piece it together, and I tried harder and harder and harder. But that sent me into a sense of self-doubt for a long time. Um, I was dating a girl. uh, Her name was... Yeah, let's cut that. (laughs) I was dating a girl. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call her Sally. How about that? (laughs) Okay, I was dating a girl. Her name was Sally. Um, So Sally was like, "Why, why are you so like, bitter and sad all the time and I was like I don't know and I just complained and whine and it was so bad to the point where she just broke up with me and I just Mm. sat there and I was like oh no this girl just broke up with me and let me think of why oh I know why it's because I've been complaining about like how much of a loser I am for this whole time and when I started thinking about it I started piecing it together I'm like you know what 
I let something so important just slip out of my life just because I couldn't absorb and acknowledge everything that I've achieved. Uh, James Altucher at one point, he told me, Leonard, don't discount yourself. And I was discounting myself. I was just like, you know, going out there and taking my achievements and not really internalizing them for the achievements that they were. So what happened was I started to lose people who were important in my life, such as my ex-girlfriend. And after I made that realization, like it just clicked. I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Then immediately I overcame that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit more about that. So you were seeing this phenomenal success with the content you were providing, but yet there was a part of you that was not accepting that, in fact, you were an inspiration, that you were inspiring others. And and so you had that tipping point. And then what started to change once you realized, okay, aha, I have this it's it's dawned on me you know i i i am i need to start accepting th- that uh, with gratitude you know w- you know the things that are coming into my life and and what were some of the shifts that you made whether they were micro or macro shifts to change the way you know that mindset the main thing that shifted was my boldness in doing things yeah. like back then i wouldn't try to like email anyone i'd only deal with people who were uh, emailing me like incoming leads incoming people who wanted advice and this and that but after that i'm like you know what i have achieved all this stuff maybe i could do something that others might think is impossible maybe i could get a column in ink maybe i could talk to this person into doing this so i just tried a lot of different things like i'm like you you know that generic form that you fill out to uh write for a publication i filled that out and then contacted me back i'm like whoa they contacted me back from a generic form (laughs) this is pretty cool so i got my column over there then like one day i went to an entrepreneur conference and i was over hearing one of the people who worked at the uh convention or the hotel saying oh this is ryan shea he's the president of entrepreneur i was like president of entrepreneur i could write over there so i like you know just sat around and walked around for like 30 minutes until he finally went off and sat by himself. And I came up and sat next to him and was like, hi, nice conference you have going here. It's pretty great. And started talking to him and gave him a little bit about the credibility and the achievements I made. And he just gave me a call and, like the next day. I love that. I, I, the, the big takeaway, I think, is that you just got to you just got out of your own way, right? You know, you just kind of like shed a lot of that imposter syndrome, you know, the stuff that gets into our head and I mean, Leonard, would you say it was the a lot of it was the gratitude exercises that kind of helped you kind of really push out those negative thoughts so that you could be more bold and that you could start approaching people, reach out of your comfort zone? I think it is because a lot of the things that hold us are the only thing that really holds any of us back in life is ourselves. Absolutely. Like we're sitting there going, oh, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. And when we think we can't do it, then it ends up not working. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. I mean, there's also the other end of the spectrum where you're um, – arrogant and ignorant at the same time so you try everything but those people get scammed so right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so i mean finding that even medium ground in the middle that's like the best place to be because you're not too overly confident in yourself and you're not talking yourself out of things you're just going out there and you're honing into exactly what you want to do and you just give it a try and you go for it 
Absolutely. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's a great, I think that I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Leonard, we're now going to move into a section that I call the knowledge burst session. And this is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that can inspire our listeners to move forward. So Leonard, I'd like you to pick one and, and I'm going to guess it's the James Altucher materials. Feel free to share if you want any particular media, if book, movie, song, and I'm going to add to this cultural experience that inspired you. Well, even before reading James Altucher's stuff, like my favorite movie of all time is Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just and saw that, that movie. One, believe it or not, I just saw that one recently for the first time. I've had friends who, who rave about that movie, and it, and it took me a long time to actually get around to watching it. So, It's a pretty good movie. Um, like My favorite line in that movie is when Sofia Serrano says, every passing moment is another chance to turn it all around. Yeah. Like, you see this guy, he's created such an empire, but he's ultimately depressed because he's not doing what he loves in life. Yeah. And then there's me on the other end of the spectrum where I was doing absolutely everything I hated. Oh. <laughs> I can't make it out of here. So that, it, I mean, it was the exact opposite type of life, but it just resonated with me and it made me realize that there is time and there is opportunity to go back there and change it all around. And have your life go in the direction you want it go you want it to go in it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are how much experience you have you always have that moment where you can just turn everything around and the other thing that what you pointed out which i think is really important for listeners it's not about having necessarily material success or wealth i mean as you pointed out the protagonist in vanilla sky looked very successful but i mean was not doing what his purpose was, and he wasn't fulfilled by that. I mean, so that's really the flip side. If you're doing what you hate, obviously you're not going to be happy. But if you're doing something and it's it's not really your your purpose, you're not going to be happy either, no matter how successful you may appear on the outside. Exactly. Well, Leonard, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing or managing your time. I don't know if I do that. <laughs> and if you don't have one, that's fine too. Um, that's pretty hectic. I try to follow up with work emails on the weekend, yeah. like or any any project I'm not already involved in. I try to do all that on the weekend, but sometimes that's tough because I'll go out of town for a week, or I'll have someone visiting, and it gets piled up so i don't have a good answer for that that's all right that's fair enough and uh leonard if you have one share a favorite app website or productivity hack that's proven to be a real game changer for you Mm, twitter twitter is a real game changer for me yeah how is twitter like share with our listeners you know twitter is one of those i think people either get it or they don't get it like, it took me a long time to get Twitter. Like, I I had a Twitter account maybe when it first started, and I just, like, abandoned it and just let it go. Then one time I deleted it. And then um, after I started, like, building stuff up on Quora and making my con- – or after my content was being read and shared, like, I came to the realization that um, – I should probably be on Twitter too, so I invested a lot of time into learning the platform. Mm-hmm. Once I did, I realized that almost every single successful business person is on Twitter. And you could send them a message, you can send them a tweet. It basically gives you arm's distance to basically anyone you need to know in the world. 
Yeah. And do you have a best practice that you can share with our listeners on how to really effectively use Twitter? Uh, it's a pretty complex process. I mean, it goes down to your cover photo. Does your cover photo resemble your credibility and does it showcase your personality? Is your headshot of you smiling? Is it a professional picture as opposed to a regular picture or like a selfie or something? Is, does your bio, your micro bio of 140 characters, does that really resemble your credibility and exactly what you do, plus have a little bit of personality in there? Does your website link to the right place? Is your pinned tweet res, um, your strongest piece of credibility you have behind yourself? Is your content engaging and something worth looking at? I mean, that's everything that you need before you could go out and approach someone else on Twitter. Yeah. You need to make sure all those things are in line. But if you're going to go out and approach someone, I mean, just sending them a simple tweet publicly, most people respond. Yeah. If you have everything in the background set up, like your cover photo, your bio, and all that, if all that's set up, then you'll get a response. Otherwise... It might look like spam. Yeah. In other words, your Twitter really needs to be just a reflection of you as much as possible. And I think that's I think that's a really, you know, the process may take some time to get there. But I think at the core of it, that's a very, very simple and straightforward way to kind of look at Twitter. It needs to really just be an extension of who you are. Exactly. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Leonard, we have listeners uh, from all walks of life in many parts of the world, and some of whom maybe in a situation similar to where you were a couple of years ago. I mean, they may be sitting in that cubicle. They may be doing something that they don't enjoy. Maybe their car only gets 10 miles to the gallon and, you know, they're struggling. They're trying to figure out, you know, what, what can I do? Is this all there is to life? So what, what advice do you have for that one listener who is trying to figure that out? And, you know, in the back of their mind, they, they know it's, there's got to be something else. And they're not allowing themselves to explore their gifts, explore their passions or their purpose. Well, the first thing that you should do is believe in yourself or at least pretend to believe in yourself for a little bit until you do the thing that you need to do. And the second thing is take action and try doing something, anything, whatever it is, just try doing it and putting it out in the world. Sure, no one may, maybe no one will read it, maybe no one will see it. But as long as you start doing it, then you could get into the actions and habits of actually fulfilling what you need to do. It took me up until like maybe 20 posts to get the confidence to tell my full life story. Like yeah. the first thing I had to do was start <clears throat> start writing. That was the first thing. Then the second thing was telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. So there's steps that you can take to get to that point where you're really sharing your full self. So I think that's, that's key. So step one, moving forward, listeners, just start writing. I like that, you know, don't overthink it. Don't stop yourself from doing it. And like Leonard said, if you have to, you know, maybe just fake the confidence until you can really get the real confidence. So I think, I mean, again, these are just micro steps that can help you move forward and push through. Leonard, what is next for you? Well, a lot of people have been asking me, can you mentor me? Can you show me exactly how you were able to do what you were able to do? And I just thought about it, and I really 
it was really difficult to just think of the whole process of mentoring people one by one by one by one. But because of that request coming up so many times, I thought about it really hard and I was like, you know, there's a way I could give back and mentor people and show them exactly how I did what I did. So I created a course at a company called Influence Tree, which basically teaches everyone A to Z exactly how to duplicate my success. Yeah, that's great. And that leads perfectly to, to our last question. How can our listeners learn more about you, your work, and all the great things that you're doing? My website's at leonardkim.com. That's L-E-O-N-A-R-D-K-I-M.com. That's where... And it's a, it's a very happy site. You've got balloons and cupcakes <laughs> and everything, so it's a very, very happy place to go. And that's where like 99% of my content is. Uh, my work page is influencetree.com. That's I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E-T-R-E-E.com. That's where... People can sign up for a course and learn exactly everything that I've gone through in the last X years and all the formulas that I've created and the hacks that actually work to build everything up. Um, we have a course over there. Uh, if you have additional money, we can help you with additional services too. Then my email is at hello at leonardkim.com. You can email me there. Uh, it usually takes me about a week, week and a half to respond, but um pretty responsive to most of the inquiries that come in. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, we'll have all of that posted on our website. Leonard, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today to share your story, your knowledge burst with our listeners so they can move forward. Oh, anytime, John. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. Moving forward, listeners, what a great episode and a great guest. I really enjoyed speaking with Leonard. And I think the big takeaway from today's episode is when you're on social media, when you're building your brand, it's really about letting people get to know you. That's how relationships are forged. It starts with putting a little bit of the personal out there so that people can see a little bit of themselves in you. That's how people connect. That's how people build relationships and trust. And what's great about Leonard's story is that he didn't hold back. He shared a lot of what he's written about on today's podcast episode. And if you read some of his work, you will see all parts of his journey. I mean, he doesn't hold back. He really shares all aspects of everything that he's gone through, and it speaks to his success. I think that's why he has resonated with so many people, and he has so many followers and readers now. And I want to share a story that occurred a couple weeks after we completed this interview. So I feel very fortunate that since connecting with Leonard through Moving Forward, that he and I have become friends, and we've been able to talk about stuff, not just business, but things like, you know, where to get the best hamburgers in LA, and, you know, experiences in dating, and growing up Asian, and all these different things. And we were talking about relationships, past relationships, and and Leonard talked about one on today's episode, and I'll I'll share a story with you. And uh, my last relationship ended about a year and a half ago, and uh, I I remember one of the last times that we got together for dinner, it was uh, early in January, and uh, she, she had just left, and my thought was, going back to my apartment, wow, you know, I think there's an extra piece of pumpkin pie in the fridge. And if you know me, you know that I love pumpkin pie. But the thing was, I also had this uh, moment where I was thinking, I should not be more excited about pumpkin pie as much as I love it, 
more than just having had dinner with my girlfriend. And I had a little bit of a crisis of conscience then. And the next day, I got together with two close friends from business school, Matt and Beverly, and I was telling them the story. And of course, they were amused by the whole idea that I was excited about pumpkin pie more than my ex-girlfriend. But then Beverly made a very astute point. She said, you know, I think, you know, you've kind of been on the fence about this relationship for a while, and maybe this is a sign. And then she also said, I think you need to find a woman you love as much as pumpkin pie. And shortly after that, I did actually break up with my girlfriend, or actually she broke up with me. I think she was, we were pretty much on the same page. And uh, it became a running private joke between myself, Matt, and Beverly. Anytime I'd go out on a date, the first question would be, did you like her? The second question would be, did you like her as much as pumpkin pie? So that was sort of the running joke. And I shared this with Leonard. And in doing so, I shared it on a meme that I actually threw together, uh, which said something to the effect of, I'm not a commitment phobe. I just haven't met a woman yet that I love as much as pumpkin pie. So I sent it to Leonard. And of course, what was his response? Well, I'm going to share this out on Twitter. My thought was, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. You're not going to share it out on Twitter. But my response was a little bit bravado. I said, ha ha, go for it. But he did it. I mean, before I could even finish writing the response, it was up on Twitter. And the most amazing thing happened. It got incredible responses uh, from people on Twitter. It got likes, it got retweets. I got messages through Twitter about it. And of course, for Leonard, this is all pretty routine. I mean, he regularly engages in conversations with lots of people on Twitter. The fact is, he's used to this. I mean, this is what Leonard does. And I went ahead and I said, all right, it's already out on Twitter. I'll go ahead and share it on Facebook. I shared it on Facebook. Same thing. I got a lot of likes. I shared it on Instagram. And then I wrote a LinkedIn piece about it. And it got tremendous response. And I think what the the big takeaway and what I really realized from that experience was that I shared a part of myself that's a little bit quirky, that's a little bit silly, but there's also something to it that really speaks to who I am. And, uh, you know, Leonard and I ended up collaborating on a piece for Inc. about it, and that also got quite a bit of response. And I think this is really why people are drawn to Leonard and his work, because he really shares who he is. I mean, it really comes through. You know, he writes a lot of great content on business, on social media, on networking. But then I really think the other side of that is what he shares in his personal life, what he has gone through, his journey. It all really adds to the picture of who Leonard is. And I think that's really why he's been able to find so much success and that he's resonated with so many people. And I got a little bit of experience of that. You know, I'm not really a shy person. I do this podcast every week. Many of you may know that I was also an actor. I did Star Trek World Enough in Time. But this really, I think, pushed it even further because I was able to share a part of myself that I kind of thought was a little silly and quirky and that I really wanted to keep in the lockbox and only share with two or three friends. 
And now, you know, it's out there and it's cool. I'm glad it is. And it's it's been a fun conversation piece. Of course, it's a source of great humor for a lot of people. And I enjoy that too. I love making people laugh. But I, I learned a lot from that experience. And it's something that I'm continuing to grow and move forward with. And I hope that you will take Leonard's story and get inspired to share a part of yourself. If you're on social media, if you're trying to build a brand, don't just hide behind safe tweets and retweets and likes of other people's stuff. Let people know who you are. That's how you're going to resonate. That's how you're going to make connections that you never even imagined. And I hope you will be inspired to take those steps so that you can move forward. And of course, to learn more about Leonard and all of the great work that he's doing at Influence Tree and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And of course, you'll see the pumpkin pie meme on all three of those. And have a great week. And join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.